0: Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded on the historical lands of the Cowlitz, Multnomah, Peoria, Kikapoi, and other First Nations. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present. Sovereignty was never ceded. Thank you, Craig. Thank you for joining us on your top six uh, podcast, where we look at our most played games, what they say about us, and what they don't, and what they may or may not reflect about our playstyle. I'm your host, Jacques. I use he, him pronouns. I am joined, as always, by Jerry, and I use they, them pronouns. And today we have with us our guest,
1: Eric Simon. uh, He, him.
0: Yeah, so thank you for joining us, Eric. Uh, My pleasure. So Eric is a friend of mine here in Chicago uh, that I met through another friend of mine that I teach swords. And uh, I mostly know Eric through uh, playing games, uh, specifically board and tabletop games. Um, Eric, why don't you give us a little intro about who you are?
1: Yeah, I do a lot of tabletop games, because that is actually my job. Uh, I am a professional game designer, freelance writer, and uh, I have done a a number of RPGs myself, self-published. I have done a lot of freelance writing for other RPG lines, uh, including one of the ones that uh, Jacques plays in my Every Other Week game with Jacques is uh, the Sentinel Comics RPG, uh, which is a lot of fun. And I am currently line developing the Myth Dawn of Heroes board game, which is a relaunch under my company, uh, Ulysses Spiel, which is a German game publisher of a previously published uh, fantasy cooperative
2: board game. Well, that sounds pretty damn cool. (laughs) Well, thank you.
0: All right, so even though we we brought you in and you you do a lot of board games, let's talk video games. Yeah, uh, no, when I... did you really start getting into video games?
1: Well, the thing is, so I came to RPGs late. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people in in the industry who who like to say, well, D and D was my first game, and and I I did it when I was so young. That was not true for me. I moved around a lot when I was young, and so I spent most of my time on computer games. And in fact, I like to say that my first fantasy role-playing game was the Ultima series. <laughs> um, so I did I did a lot of that uh, when I was in middle school, just to put a little time frame on on how on my age. Ultima Five came out when I was in sixth grade um <laughs> so that's uh put some perspective on it my first first video game was one of those kind of handheld pong things with multi-switches um I could show you exactly which one it's it's one of the ones that has several different pong games on it uh, and from there I went into the Atari 2600 of course. Um, and really the pitfall and pitfall 2, which does not get enough uh, notice uh, were were all, really my first obsessions when it came to video games. so yeah
0: nice very cool. I only had a little bit of like the classic really old, video game (laughs) experience my grandmother had an atari and i remember playing um I don't know if it was Tank Wars or Battle something on it, and then yes, the ET yes. e. game. Uh, those you... are the two I distinctly remember. <laughs> you played ET? I played ET on the Atari. Yes.
1: I am impressed. I no. uh, my the the only thing that I can claim is that I played a lot of it, the Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark mm. game on the Atari, uh, which is almost as bad, but not quite as bad as ET. <laughs>
0: yeah. Otherwise, it was I was very much classic NES was sort of my fr- first real video game games thing and some some dos games yeah nice uh,
2: yeah i spent yeah, I, l- oh.
1: I spent a lot of the 80s on the commodore 64 actually
2: nice. back when uh the the bleeding edge for consumer-based uh, storage was cassette tapes yes
1: well uh, no i i got into this disk drives pretty early so i i was cool <laughs> <laughs> by some definitions Sure.
0: Yeah, we'll go with that. Probably the same definitions that we're cool by. Yeah, that's true. All right. I don't want to get too much into the general uh, style of games that you tend to like or play before we hear about your top six. So why don't we start with your top six? Let's go with game number six. Mm -hmm. Uh, How many hours do you have in that game?
1: I have 168 hours on game number six.
2: All right. And what is it? Is XCOM Two? Ooh, nice! Yeah, that game uh, makes an appearance on several of our guests.
1: <laughs> I am not surprised. It's a very good game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, it is. One of the better turn-based tactical games to have come out in the last 10 years, frankly. I am very much into turn-based. This is something we'll come back to later in the list. (laughs) Uh, But um, I was coming out of college when the real-time strategy boom first hit. And it was not at all appealing to me. Um, there With were all what, these... like StarCraft, yeah. Uh, well, the original Warcraft and uh, mm-hmm. Command and Conquer mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, I just you know I had I had grown up thinking about my moves and mm-hmm. the the desire to be twitchy while also making sort of like resource based decisions was not appealing to me at all
0: yeah yeah so, i can definitely see that that's mm-hmm. i i'm also much more of a turn-based than tactical strategy like i'll i'll enjoy like a good real-time strategy but i am not very good at them
1: yeah
2: i still can't get over the fact that Firaxis took a genre defining game which is the original xcom and remade it as a genre defining game
1: yeah <laughs> it was it's just no it's, it's that they know their stuff yeah and... i
0: need to make finish xcom and then get into xcom too It's some point.
1: I, I will say that XCOM 2 is is just better. Uh <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm I'm still just I'm too much of a completionist to like oh, not totally. make it all the way through though. Like that's and,
1: just uh, yeah. I can't yeah you should you should finish XCOM and then get into XCOM two. Um XCOM two is is very good in
2: terms of story. Especially yeah. the War of the Chosen stuff. Yes it's really yes. good. Jerry, why don't you take the next one? And so Eric tell us about your number five on the list. Mm-hmm.
1: So for number
2: hours? number five, I have uh, just a little bit more,
1: 169 hours. Okay, uh, <laughs> nice. So, That's square number. Yeah, so very very close to the the previous one, uh, and that is the witness. Ooh. Oh, okay. Sure. Can you talk a little bit about that? I'm not. Oh. I'm going to talk as much as you let me about The Witness. (laughs) So I have this thing where sometimes I will evangelize games and try to get everybody to play them. The Witness is one of those games. It is, at its core, a puzzle game and a fairly straightforward puzzle game. If you just take it at that... It is still very good and does some really great things where it has a really great sense of how you you learn to play a game. So it is a game that is one of the best examples of teaching you how to do puzzles as you are playing the game the way that you sort of discover the symbolic language of the puzzles is so intuitive there is zero tutorial the entire game just teaches you as you go now that's the surface of the witness <laughs> <laughs> the thing about the witness is that okay Jonathan blow is a he's he's a bit of a you know pedantic intellectual you know it's 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 one of the things he's known for but uh this game is on the surface a puzzle game and very quickly becomes a perception changing philosophical experience say too much more than that but this is a game that keeps revealing more things to you as you go and that is why i've played it so much i am currently on uh wrapping up my my third full playthrough and anybody who has played the witness what i mean by full playthrough is yes everything plus the challenge i am very proud to have finished the challenge twice already and i'm gonna do it a third time and if uh, the challenge in the witness is one of the most notorious side things in a video game in recent history there are whole articles about it Uh, (laughs) But you don't even necessarily find the challenge even until you have revealed so many of the deeper truths about this game. This this is a game that changes how you see things. Yeah. I'm trying to be as spoiler-free as possible. (laughs) Um, All I can say is play this game, spend some time with this game. When my wife and I first played it, uh, we'd gotten it on a sale for half off. So we got it for 20 bucks. And we started out by saying, huh, not sure this is worth 20 bucks. A little bit later, we were like, oh yeah, totally this is worth 20 bucks. Then we got even further into it and we said, I cannot believe we got this for only 20 bucks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice, yeah it looks like it goes on sale a decent amount so it is now on my wish list yes definitely
1: cool.
2: do. yeah i don't know anything about evangelizing games i mean i certainly uh-huh. i certainly haven't sung the praises of planescape torment to everyone i've ever talked to
0: all right well so that was number five so eric we've got xcom and the witness mm-hmm. what about number four
1: Number four, I have to put an asterisk on, and I'll explain in a bit. But with 241 hours, number four is Tabletopia, which Mm -hmm. is one of the sort of 3D simulators that you can play board games. The other common one being Tabletop Simulator, which I also have, but is not in my top six. Now, the weird thing is that you'd think with 241 hours, I would know how I got that high. And I know I've played a couple games on Tabletopia but i do not know how i got 241 hours um, you just like
0: fall asleep with it open for a week
1: yeah, yeah like that's that's the only thing i can think of so i don't understand that but i i figured this one would give me an opportunity to just talk about virtual board games and in general
0: (laughs) that is very much in your wheelhouse
1: yeah yeah so interestingly tabletop topia i have played games on tabletop simulator i have both played and created games on now what i can say sort of comparing the two tabletop simulator is A lot more of an open programming sandbox, whereas Tabletopia is a little more refined in terms of, oh yeah, we're here for board games and and that's what we do. And you can still create them, but we're going to give you those tools a little in a slightly more finished state. Now, I don't play either of these as much anymore as I do Board Game Arena, which is a, a website with not 3D versions of board games, but just sort of simple simplified online versions of board games, which is very convenient. But yeah, I I generally think that all of these places have value. I will say uh, I am currently scowling at the company that runs tabletop simulator so i oh, yes. am actually not recommending them because they are uh, let's say not kicking out the uh racist and homophobic and transphobic members of their community and that's an issue that i have so
0: yeah Which i think we all kind of agree with kind of is probably an understatement <laughs>
1: <laughs> we will adamantly say so yeah i'm glad that i can say that tabletopia is my fourth i don't know why it is, but
0: there it is. What would you say is some of the better games on Tabletopia?
1: So I haven't played anything on there recently. Um, I know that one of the ones that I played for a while was Scythe. So the thing about Scythe... That's one I want to do more of. <laughs> yeah, the thing about Scythe is there's a lot to keep track of. And this is definitely one of those places where Tabletopia has slightly better scripting than a lot of the stuff that you'll find on Tabletop Simulator. Mm-hmm. And it's not that Tabletop Simulator can't have that scripting it's just that because you're starting from scratch every time in tabletop simulator there's more work to get it to a refined state i did notice that a game that i played with you recently jacques uh, wingspan is available on Tabletopia. i love that game
0: well and wingspan is uh also has a dedicated app Mm -hmm. which is really good i bet Uh, and i'm i sit at such a weird spot for a lot of these things Tabletopia and tabletop simulator and like board game arena so much more board gamer at heart than either a video gamer or tabletop like pen and paper D&D style role player. But when it comes to the digital versions, I really like either the well-made dedicated experiences Mm -hmm. or just the like largely freeform with some useful scripting stuff. I have, I for some reason find the in-between state that like board game arena sits in to be awkward and annoying.
1: Sure, I could definitely see that for some games. Ah. I will say that the dedicated app. App on steam that i have the most time on as far as board game apps is spirit island and that is a fantastic app version of a game does that one support multiplayer i believe so it has only recently also opened up on ios i had backed the kickstarter because i i really like candelabra in general they do mm-hmm. great stuff
0: i mean their sentinels implementation is amazing
1: it is it's fantastic
2: so that was number four so let's talk about number three
1: okay so i'm I'm debating whether I should push to have three and two. At the same time. And I should just talk about both of them. Let's do that because I think it makes sense and you'll see why very quickly. Okay. Um, (laughs) So, number three with 441 hours is Sid Meier's Civilization Six. Number two with 627 hours is Sid Meier's Civilization (laughs) Five.
2: Sure. Absolutely. Okay.
1: Yep. Yep. (laughs) So, yeah. um, Civilization is a game that I have played in literally every incarnation that has ever existed. I will always buy the new version. If I had to pick one game to have with me on a desert island, it would be Civilization, period. Whatever the most recent Civilization is, just give me that. I'm good. know that there are some people who, you know, they have particular Civs that they they really like best. They're like, oh, Civ 2 was the best, which I understand, but I like to see the new things. So I'm still playing Civ 6 a lot. Uh, We'll see if it passes Civ 5 before they hit 7.
2: Awesome. I have a ton of time in Civ, and uh, one of the funny things about it is that, like, I'm glad to hear that, like, it's a game that you come back to because my version of Civ 5 hasn't been opened in two years. So... (laughs) yeah i mean civ 5 and civ 6 are
1: definitely different experiences i will say that i i mostly play civ 6 these days because it's more of a challenge for me mm-hmm. it was a version that hit what i would call my playstyle sweet spot which is that it made it harder to do a cultural victory the bigger you got that's fine with me i love cultural victories and i also love small <laughs> very Five? very efficient civilizations you know i mm-hmm like a few a few really awesome cities uh yeah. that's what i tend to lean towards and i will usually go for cultural or scientific victories yeah and five was easier to do that in than six is, but i also True. just love the variety of leaders and civs six, Just
2: so many. So before I hand you back over to Jacques to talk about your number one, I have a couple of questions for you. Sure. First question is, do you have an idea of how many games you have on Steam?
1: It is uh, 65.
2: And then the other question I have is, how far down the list do you have to go before you're under 100 hours played?
1: Let's see. So uh, my number twelve, okay, uh, is is under a hundred hours, and that is uh, Civilization Beyond Earth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, yeah. All
2: right, awesome. Okay, uh, Jock, do you want to take it?
0: So we're getting on to number one. <laughs> the The question is: Do we think we've got a guess? We've got uh, XCOM, gonna... lots of yeah. Civ, uh-huh. Tabletopia. Uh-huh and I'll put, um, The Witness. Yeah, there.
2: I'll put five cents on Stellaris.
0: Oh, that's a good guess. That's a good one. Yeah, I think that one had Mind the old. I was thinking something along those lines, but was probably going to go with um, a, another very Civ-like game. Uh, well, either that, I was going to go with potentially Humankind, which is a new, one, mm-hmm. a new one. I figured that might hit some of those points. Or uh, potentially the original xcom just from building up hours before two came out so those are those are where i'm kind of thinking right now but eric
1: why don't you tell us uh your number one game how many (laughs) hours have you played so it's quite a jump i uh my number one has four thousand nine hundred four hours oh and that's because i've been playing it for 12 years it's dota 2
0: Ah. Uh, uh, (laughs) Wow, okay, that one came out of... Uh, uh-huh, left uh, field. Out of left field, yeah, that one.
2: So for those of us who don't know, what is uh-huh. Dota 2?
1: Dota 2 is... um Okay, so the, the history of Dota is uh that there was a mod a mod pack that someone built for uh the original warcraft 3 that allowed you to just instead of building a bunch of stuff and and doing the real-time strategy thing that i don't like um you could just pick heroes and you're controlling one hero and you're on a team of five people playing against another team of five people and it was the first of what is now called the MOBA genre um massive online uh um, Battle Arena Battle Arena and there was a splinter, so there was Dota, which was the refinement of that that mod.
0: When that it... mod was Defense of the Ancients. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what it stands which for. Which is where Dota comes from.
1: Then there was a splinter in which Valve held on to the rights to Dota and started making Dota Two, and some other people decided that they were gonna take this idea and go make their own version, and that became League of Legends. Mm. So Dota. Dota 2 and League of Legends are in fact the same core DNA. They are branches from the same tree. And I myself prefer Dota 2 partially because I th- it feels more, it's got a little more complication that I like in it. It moves a little faster in terms of the individual movement, though the games are actually longer in, in general than League mm-hmm. games are. But the other reason that I like it is because Dota 2 is a rare free-to-play game in that everything is available immediately. That is absolutely the way I prefer things to be. I, I despise the, the gated characters that many free-to-play games have. The idea that you have to earn the ability to play specific heroes rather than just finding what you like and what works for you. That just bugs me. I, I do not like that gating of, of the actual heroes. And of course, Dota, I've put a lot of money over the years into cosmetics because you know, that's how they make their money. So that's fine. Dota is also my sport of choice, my, my spectator sport of choice. This is the eSport that I like to watch. It is exciting. There's lots of great teams that I cheer on and, and casters that I like. And in fact, the Dota International, which is the biggest professional tournament and in fact still dwarfs other professional tournaments uh with its prize money i went to one it's nice uh in seattle i went to the the fifth dota international that was actually uh my wife and i it was our delayed uh honeymoon so we hung out in seattle went to the international spent a week there watching games in key arena because yeah they take over key arena for this
0: oh yeah it's huge the it's currently the the dota international and the, the major league of legends tournament that they put on are, are both just absolutely massive
1: yeah it's interesting because league gets a lot of side tournaments going on they have a lot more just kind of constant churn of tournaments mm-hmm. and that's uh, i think one of the reasons that they tend to be a little more known uh and mm-hmm. more popular but dota of course has that valve money behind it and i only wish oh, that there, the cartoon had been any good <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think it's on my Netflix watch list.
1: Don't be in a hurry. Arcade is so much better. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's unfortunate. I wanted the Dota cartoon to be good. It is not. I am sad, but there it is. Yeah,
0: I... uh... I, I was really big into the the MOBA thing, but not with Dota. It mm-hmm. was with, actually, Heroes of the Storm, which, a fun uh, little tidbit to that history of MOBA's story. When Blizzard first started doing their thing for Heroes of the Storm, it was originally called Blizzard Dota. And Valve was like, you can't do that. And they were like, <laughs> the heck we can't? Like, th- the mod you based your game on was from our game. Right. So. <laughs> what are you talking about? And there was a whole thing about who owned the rights to the, the term Dota. Uh And Blizzard eventually was just like, you know what? Fine. We're just like, we're going to call it something else. (laughs) And it became Heroes of the Storm. Uh-huh. And I actually really liked it because it took a lot of the things that I wasn't a huge fan of. I never played Dota, but I did play a little bit of League of Legends. And it added the Blizzard polish to things that I really liked that changed the way a lot of things worked where it like the everybody on the team leveled at the same time And so there wasn't the need to like everyone constantly has to be working on their own leveling or the meta thing of like trying to build up a carry where you level one person up really high and let them steamroll the, 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 the other team and then also the like not having to like collect resources go back to base figure out what you're doing especially as a new player going uh which which of the boots am i supposed to buy or like what <laughs> weapon i don't really know yet you know also i was i played a bunch of blizzard games for quite a while i was really big into the the early warcraft games and then i played wow for a long time And so seeing all the characters come in was also really fun. I got really into the esports thing with their like Heroes of the Storm League that they had. I will concur that it is a really fun style of video game
1: to watch. Yeah, the thing about MOBAs is that when it comes to esports, they are much more suited to spectating. Oh, yeah. Like I've tried to watch some esport tournaments of first person shooters, especially Overwatch, and mm. the problem is there's no big picture, and and that's that's just something. It's a lot that, of yeah
0: stepping into individual first person views, right? And and bouncing back and forth trying to to get that action. I right. think with Overwatch they started to do some where they they gave the sportscasters basically like spectator uh, cameras mm-hmm. uh, at one point, but yeah, it, it's. I, I Much harder think, to see the, everything that's going on. Yeah, MOBAs. that is
1: that is the thing that they need to to introduce for me to really latch on to any kind of first-person games uh, in terms of eSports.
2: So, Eric. Yes. Talk to us about MMOs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so...
1: Um, I, I talked a little bit about the fact that I was an Ultima player back in my Commodore 64 days. Mm-hmm. So I was also a very early adopter of the first MMO, the first graphical MMO, I should say mm-hmm. uh, Ultima online.
0: We, we all did MUDs. Back yeah.
1: We, yeah. MUDs certainly existed well before then. but I, I played Ultima online and Ultima online is uh, where I very quickly learned the things that I hate about MMOs and so MMOs that incorporate things that remind me of the bad parts of Ultima Online are very quickly relegated to my nope pile. The big one is griefing uh, and corpse looting. So yeah, any game that that allows and even enables griefing is is an issue for me. I have a history with the exception of World of Warcraft, which I have played a ton of. I was actually a 40-man raid leader back in the Molten Core days. Oh, Jesus.
2: Wow. <laughs> brutal yeah i know one other person like that and i'm married to her
1: uh-huh <laughs> you know so I've, I've played a ton of world of warcraft i actually left it for a while and came back recently and then i stopped again um because blizzard because blizzard yeah but other than that i have a history of uh picking the losers when it comes to mmos <laughs> wait so did you get really into rift no no it's okay. it's it's worse um so i played um the original star wars galaxies a lot i
2: was gonna ask (laughs) you
1: Star Wars: Galaxies did some amazing things. It ha- also has very well documented flaws, um, <laughs> and there are there are YouTube videos and articles abound about why Star Wars: Galaxies had its problems. But I was a Rodian entertainer, and I would sit in the can uh, in, in the cantina and dance and play music for for adventurers who to come in and get their buffs and that was awesome the fact that i could do that was was just great and so i loved star wars galaxies i I of course did old republic for a while i really enjoyed old republic it's it's a bioware story it's got some great writing in it It suffered a fair bit in the end game. But, you know, as a playing through the the game story was was awesome. It did that very well. And I really, really wanted Wildstar to do well. Um,
0: Oh, I remember that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it had a lot of stuff going for it. It was, oh, man, like you could customize your own like home planet, uh, which was very Mm -hmm. cool, uh, you know, that you would go to. And that was your house. Uh, and I loved that. Um, and just the, the whole aesthetic was awesome. And uh, a lot of the the fighting style was very cool. They'd just a, a huge variety of mechanics that, that were very interesting. Uh, the problem was it was excessively instanced. And what I mean by that is there was a lot of walking around the world. And as soon as you did something... The world changed. So you mm. were in a different instance of your zone. It made it extremely hard to be in a party.
0: Right. Because everybody had to be in the exact same uh, have had to have their own world in the exact same state as yep. everybody else's. Yeah.
1: And and that contradicted with their sort of side experience thing, where they were like, you can you can choose whether you're going to gain experience by exploring or by gathering or by killing things. You can choose your place style and if you're not the same play style as your party member well it's going to be very hard to stay together so that's yeah that was it had a lot of great ideas and just yes. didn't didn't get there yeah uh,
2: I, I, I totally agree the The biggest problem I had with Wildstar is that recognizing that all of those things are true uh, my biggest problem with it was that the end game for whatever reason the developers decided that what they really wanted for an end game was something that was Nintendo hard and mm-hmm. it's like I have no that, that does not appear <laughs> yes i don't know why you're you're artificially <laughs> limiting your audience so
0: yeah that's that's a thing lots of people were like oh man it's great it's so hard and then it's just like yeah you're you're such a minority like, <laughs> <laughs> like literally nobody likes you <laughs> and uh, if if your entire identity is wrapped up on being able to like beat video games on hard mode and nobody else should be allowed to see them if they can't do it that well, the games you like aren't going to survive nowadays. Yep, 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 yep. In fact, they didn't really typically survive anyway. So yeah, we're... Kind of wrapping up now, uh, mm-hmm. so we've seen some of the stuff uh, that you've talked about, The a lot of the turn-based stuff, you know, Dota, some of the puzzle stuff. Uh, is there anything that us talking about your top six doesn't really reveal about your playstyle? Is there anything sort of else that is just kind of in general or very recent stuff? you might want to talk about or uh have we basically kind of covered it all does your top six is it a perfect reflection of you
1: it is not (laughs) 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 which i'm sure you you probably get a fair bit but uh yeah so the the two two things uh that i would mention is that my one of my most recent obsessions is creeping up and will probably be in my top six in a couple of months Uh, and i got it in december uh and i'm already at 134 hours and that's planet zoo um (laughs) which is uh it's just a joy to play surprisingly good it's very good yeah i i like baby animals and they're very good (laughs) um but then the other thing that if you look at my full list starts to become very quickly apparent, um, is that I am super into indie story games. These are things that you're not going to do a lot of hours on. Gorogoa is a fantastic game. I have played it twice and have 3.6 hours on record. And that's because, you know, it's a short game, but it's gorgeous. Journey is in that list. What remains of Edith Finch, uh, uh, let's see what else uh, do I want to just throw out. And then of course I'm currently finally getting around to playing through Life is Strange 2, uh, because I also picked up uh new Never One. Alone mm-hmm. and I want to get to you that. know these kinds uh, of things. But I, I'm completionist, so I'm gonna play them in order. Uh <laughs> So I'm on Life is Strange 2, episode five right now. And then and I I've heard
0: really good things about the, about True Colors.
1: Yeah, I have too. And I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, uh, you know, and then a lot of puzzle games, you know, obviously The Portals, uh, Antichamber, The Pedestrian is a good recent one, if you haven't played that. Again, very short, all good stuff. So I, I, I would say that those games represent a, a very large part of my, um, my collection, mm-hmm. but none of them take a lot of
2: time.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think Jerry was was very similar in the things that it didn't quite say about their play style. I don't sure.
2: know what you're talking about, right? I, I, <laughs> I, have, I you know, just because I played a short hike three times and spent 90 minutes on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Stuff like the Talos principle is a good uh, blending. Mm-hmm. If you, mm-hmm.
1: so if you, mm-hmm. if you, it, it fits in with the witness very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've
0: heard good things about that one.
2: All right, Eric, I want to thank you again for coming on and being our guest. I really appreciate it. This is the point in the show where we ask you if there's anything you want to pitch or talk about well
1: like I said I uh, am a game designer so you can find some of my uh, my personal RPGs on either DriveThruRPG or uh, itch.io look for four in hand games you can also find links to that from my Twitter which is at Farman Rogers and from my website my personal publishing website is FIHGames.com
2: thank you Mm
0: -hmm. All right, well, uh, let's hit this outro. Okay. Uh, I'm Jacques. And I'm Jerry.
1: And I'm Eric.
0: Thank you for listening. Catch us on Twitter at at JPMarcot. Like Bureau.
1: And at Fairman Rogers.
0: You can follow the show at at your top six games. Email us at, at your top six dot games. you at 6games Want to be a guest? Shoot us an email at guestable, G-U-E-S-T-A-B-L-E, at yourtop6.games. Thanks to Justin Ferris for our theme music. And to listen to previous episodes, go to yourtop6.games. Thank you all, and have a wonderful evening.